I can remember having a conversation with one of my teammates and probably gave me the best advice that anybody could have given me. And it wasn't about finding something new. It wasn't about figuring out how to fit into this system. It was find what you do great, whatever that is, and find a way to get on the floor, and then that will allow you to stay on the floor. That was Rebecca Brunson, and this is Wolves Plus. What a feed, Ricky to Carl Anthony Towns for the dunk. Russell shows off the handle and the shot. Over making things happen. Oh, yes he is! Oh, shots Well, BB, <laughs> I am so happy that we finally get to do an episode with you. I only started calling you BB when I got to know you personally, not just uh -huh. professionally. Does everybody call you BB? Most of your friends? Yeah, for the most part. I okay. feel like we're closer when there's okay. a BB. When there's a Rebecca, it's kind of mom-ish. Okay. Um, it's BB, formal. It's BB, professional. It is. It, 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 uh, not even professional. It's just, I don't know. If, I guess in professional would be Brunson. Yes, correct. Yes. Okay. So I'm glad that so, you felt warm and close enough <laughs> to me to call me you, BB. You pulled me in. You pulled me in. <laughs> You're from the Washington, D.C. era area. I always read um, suburban Washington, D.C. What does that really mean that's a huge area where is your hometown and what was life like there well i'm from oxen hill maryland so you kind of put that in with dc dmv dc maryland virginia it's all kind of clumped together the close you are to washington dc the city so i'm like 10 minutes outside of washington dc so it was it was pretty I, it was kind of the suburbs but still enough of a, close enough to the metropolis to consider it city. You have four siblings, right? You have a twin? I have a twin brother. Yep. And then I have an older sister, and then I have an older brother as well. Okay, so there are four of you. You have three siblings, yeah. there are four kids. Yeah. Well, there are also some other siblings. Long story short, I have three more siblings that I just met about five years ago. Oh. Yes, okay. all older. So, okay. So the family is growing. <laughs> Steady growth okay. is what we call it. <laughs> Steady growth. Um, what was your childhood like? You have a twin brother and there are four, the three, hold on. There are three kids in the house. Four kids in the house. <laughs> a lot of kids. You it's hard really to keep... threw me with these other siblings. You know, okay. I got thrown with the other siblings, so welcome. Okay, we might skip past that part. This might be the place where we make an edit. <clears throat> okay, growing up outside of Washington, D.C., with four kids in the house, yep. was life just busy and running and playing and just a constant kind of motion? Well, I think between me and my twin brother... It was really busy, really constant, because my sister, my older sister and my older brother, they're like four years between each of us. So older brother moved out, then there was just three of us, and then eventually older sister moved out, and there was just me and Matt. But we were, we were busy kids, always into stuff, always into sports, always you know, outside, 
being creative together. So it, it was a good childhood. I'm sure that we probably got on my mother's nerves just as much as we got on each other's nerves. But it was a good time. I mean, that sounds like childhood, really. Um, you went to Oxon Hills High School in Maryland. Go Clippers. Yes! That high school has a very acclaimed science and technology mm -hmm. program. Were you a part of that? Uh, a little bit. My sister was really into it. But, um, yeah, I did a little bit of science and tech. Okay. And when you're in high school, you're already playing basketball, of mm -hmm. course. Were you just a natural basketball player and immediately like, okay, everybody knows this girl can play? I think that I was tall and skinny and could jump really, really high. And that was the extent of my athletic ability when I was younger and growing up. But um, as coordination came into play, mm -hmm. then I think that a lot of people outside of myself really saw that I had the opportunity to be really, really good at playing basketball. I did play volleyball for one year. Um, I wouldn't say that that's my sport. Okay. I gave that up rather quickly because <laughs> of the tights that came with that uniform. <laughs> um, yeah, these legs and those tights, not a match made in hey, heaven. I played volleyball. These legs and those tights, that didn't work either. <laughs> It was the most embarrassing and uncomfortable situation for me when you had to walk around the net and, like, high-five. I was like, you know what? No, nope, no, nope, this is my out. last high-five. This is it. I'm out. out. Okay. They were biker shorts for us. They were for me yeah? as okay. well. Well, you yeah. said tights. I didn't know if you were yeah, wearing them to biker. the ankles. No, I probably biker wanted shorts. them to go to the ankles, yeah. but they did not. They were uh, above the knee. Yeah. Okay. We're on the same page. We're on the same page. Um... <laughs> You obviously were good enough in high school to get the attention of Division One schools, but mm -hmm. you had your eye on Georgetown. You had your eye on Georgetown the entire time? Yeah, that was, that it. was it. Because being local, um, you know, you would go to those camps and you would really understand and get a close little relationship with the coaches. I'm not sure that's probably how it wasn't supposed to work at that time, but mm -hmm. um, you, I got so comfortable with the campus, with the coaching staff, and the fact that it was really close to home, and it was a, a great university. So all of those things, I didn't feel like there was anything else that could beat that. So it was like, I mean, I probably said that I was going there when I was 13. Like, yep, that's my school. But when you know, you know. When it fits, when it's comfortable. Like a glove. Like a glove. <laughs> <laughs> when you are there, when you're playing at Georgetown and you're growing and you're becoming better, at, is it already pretty apparent that you, ha you still have a long basketball career or when you're at Georgetown are you just like this is my sophomore year what are we doing are you just laser focused I'm just I'm in it in that moment so I don't think that I really looked at playing professionally until I was a senior I was like oh I could keep doing this let's see where it takes me so it was always I'm here I'm in this moment this is what happening what's happening right now and then if it keeps going I roll into that and see you know how it how it turns out but it was never like I don't think I was that player that was like I am going to be this person going to be this player and this is what I'm going to do. It was always like, I'm enjoying this. This is making me happy um, right here, right now. And that's all that I could ask for. And it kind of just kept unfolding yes. for you. And as you're in college and you're, I assume you're pretty close to your 6'2"-ish yep. that you are now, um, that's a pretty high time of like just discovering, you know, your fashion sense or... I'm, how do you, how are you buying jeans They're as probably, a six to, even in in high school, a sixteen year old, eighteen year old, twenty year old? What's the shopping like yeah. for a six two woman? I think there was a, a couple wrong turns okay. that were made okay. throughout this fashion discovery 
There probably are photos to prove it, <laughs> I'm sure. But that's the good thing about fashion, right? You make choices and you figure it out. And mm -hmm. if they work, they work. If they don't work, you wear them with the confidence that they're working anyways. <laughs> and then you Sell just, it. exactly, just wear it like it's right. Yeah. You know, um, but oh gosh, there was a lot of, lot of shorts. Uh, pants there when the capris came in I was it was a win for me I was like this is me I'm here yes well now you have so many more options because we have the internet and we have lengths and there's so much more but I mm -hmm. I often feel for women who are that tall and 20 years ago trying to find yeah. your pants I think it probably gives you some type of like um dislike or fear of your of your pants being too short because even now, like the capris are in, and I was like, I can still look fashionable with this on, but now I'm like, I need these ankles covered, I because <laughs> really? they're out because they're available. The pant is available now, so I'm like, cover these ankles up. Just really, cover these okay. ankles up. And now you find him. Yes, tall. Okay, I'm good. Long, whatever. Nope. You got options. Okay, great, great. Um, so out of Georgetown, then you are drafted in the WNBA, 2004, the 10th pick, Sacramento Monarchs. Mm -hmm. Do you find that when you join the Monarchs and you look around and you start this new life, which, by the way, is on the complete opposite coast from where you grew up, but when you start this, this new world, is it kind of an immediate, okay, I can play at this level, I fit in, or is it like, whoa, I got to take a huge leap in 2004? Um, you know what? It was, again, I just was there and I was trying to figure out where I fit in. Honestly, because it wasn't like I knew that I was going to be this type of player when I got to the pros. So I can remember having a conversation with one of my teammates and probably gave me the best advice that anybody could have given me. And it wasn't about finding something new. It wasn't about figuring out how to fit into this system. It was find what you do great, whatever that is, and find a way to get on the floor. And then that will allow you to stay on the floor. So I knew that I was a good rebounder. I knew I was athletic. I knew I was fast. I can do that without thinking. I don't have to change anything mm -hmm. to be aggressive to the basketball, to, to be aggressive on defense, and to rebound at a high level. So I did that thing. And then it was like that got me on the floor, and it made it very, very hard for coaches to take me off of the floor. So it was kind of like I just figured out who I was and made that fit rather than changing yourself to fit them. Yeah. Well, you did something right because the very next year, <laughs> your second year in the league, you win a championship with the Monarchs. Are you thinking like, yellow? Easy peasy, right? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that was great. Um, because, you know, you once, you always want to be at the highest level, mm -hmm. right, of whatever sure. it is you're For doing. Sure. It doesn't. It's not just with sports. It's with life in general. You always want to be the best at whatever it is. Like, you're the best at what you do. So uh, winning a championship just solidified that we were the best at what we were doing. And, yeah, I was like, oh, we're going to do this all the time, right? <laughs> this is great. I love this. We get champagne, toast, and everybody loves us. We get a parade. We're awesome. But, you know, after that, it didn't, it didn't happen quite as often. It took a long time between 2005 mm -hmm. all the way live, which was our motto that year. 2005 to all the, all way, the way live. live. Okay. okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, you didn't so, win another one until 11. I know, so long. You had to wait to win four more. Oh, oh, what a stretch. Ah, <laughs> sacrifice. <laughs> uh, okay, so you end up spending six seasons in Sacramento, and then that team, it, 
ultimately folded, and then all mm-hmm. those players go into a dispersal draft, and you end up with the Minnesota Lynx. And that just sets in motion some really incredible pieces falling into the right place and sets the path for this incredible dynasty. Mm-hmm. You have no way of knowing that that is where this is headed when you come to the links. But what was your first reaction? You're going from Sacramento. Your whole team is done. All your teammates and the only life you've known in the WNBA <laughs> is done. And you're moving to Minnesota. Yeah. You know, I, it was such a surprise when we found out that the team was folding because I was overseas and no one had said anything. The Maloos were kind of like just hush us under the table. That's it. So we were all so surprised. Um, and then you have the dispersal draft coming up and you don't know where you're going to go. And you come from a, a team and a franchise that has really just known winning over the past five, six seasons. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean winning a championship, but being competitive yes. and being at the top of the league. And then you're going to Minnesota, where they have Simone Augustus, but they don't win. I mean, like, it used to be the place where it was like, oh, this is a little vacation. We get to go to Minnesota. Okay, we're going to go ahead and win this game, and then we're going to go out and have some good food, and we're going to celebrate, and it's going to be great, right? So coming here to play, it was kind of like, all right, how is this going to go? But then again, they have Simone Augustus. Yeah. (laughs) And that's a pretty good piece to build on. And then in 2011, when you add Maya Moore, Mm -hmm. now – you're cooking with something. Right. And then that same season, we got Waylon. And then you get Lindsey Waylon. So it was like the, the team had lost, but they were always so close. An injury here or somebody got hurt. Like Simone got hurt the year before and then that allowed them to have the number one draft pick. So things just kept happening mm-hmm. to allow Minnesota to get the pieces. So it was like you could see it, this team could really be good. It's like right there. Um, and then you have Cheryl Reeves, you have an owner in Glenn Taylor that believes in the Minnesota Lynx and what they're, they can do and who they are and what they mean to not just basketball, but to people as, uh, as women leaders. So it was exciting. Even though the record wasn't exciting, the opportunity of what could be was really exciting. And then what could be turned into... Hello, everybody. Hello. Please, everybody have a seat. Have a seat. Welcome to the White House. And congratulations to the Minnesota Lynx on winning their first ever WNBA championship. Uh, These women have brought glory back to the Twin Cities. Uh, I know there are a lot of fans at home who are happy to have a professional title back in Minnesota. A championship in 2011 Mm -hmm. with Waylon, with Maya, with you, with Simone. That is the core four. And you guys in 11, when you when you won it, and you had just instantly become this juggernaut, what is the feeling when you get there and it's just, things happen so quickly? You went from the team you described to, boom, we are a championship team, and look out, we're going to be here. Mm-hmm. Could you sense that throughout the season and just ride that? Yeah, I think so. I think every season coming into training camp, we really figured out who we were going to be that season in training camp. And we came into every training camp like we were the underdog. And we figured out what we had to do every step of the way to get better. We couldn't be content with the championship because that was fun and everything, but that's just one. And I knew from experience that if you don't grow, if you don't change and get better and mm-hmm. adjust what you're doing, then everybody else is going to adjust and they're going to beat you. Yeah. So every season we came into how do we get better? 
And then you could just feel the energy throughout training camp that, okay, everyone's ready for this ride. Here we go. And that turned into 11 to 13, to, you know, so we to broke. 15 to 17. Yeah. Yes, I do know. <laughs> I do know. And when you add that sort of final piece of Sylvia Fowles, mm. it just, it revived and it, it just gave this franchise that last little push for a couple more dominant years. I, I don't even know how to separate these championships and to give them each their glory, but in the, uh, in the, time constraints I, I can't pick apart every second of every one of them but I'm gonna look at if I could 2017 because you guys played your home games at XL Energy Center that year yes. Target Center was being remodeled and if that wasn't enough to sort of give you guys a reason to say really you're gonna kick us out of our home and we gotta well guess what we're gonna do we're gonna win a title and then it comes time to play in the finals and you can't even play them at XL Energy Center where you've played your season. Mm -hmm. You go to Williams Arena. Yeah. So we, we got kicked out of a lot of places <laughs> that year. I mean, you would think we weren't good, but, you know. Um, but to me, that's what set that championship apart. All yeah. of those things. And watching your home games at XL and watching the finals in Williams Arena, I was like, this is incredible. Mm -hmm. So much adversity. We went through that season just to put on a season from moving to place to place because, you know, you always want to be comfortable at home. It feels good when you walk into Target Center and you're like, this is our hallway. Those are our pictures. Yes. Staring back at us. You know, you're at home, right? You go to your locker room and everything's great. And then you move to another arena and you make that your home. You're like, towards, you know, our season is fairly short. Mm -hmm. So when you finally get comfortable in that locker room chair and you're like, this is home, you get moved, you get booted again. <laughs> Uh, so we had to deal with a lot of adversity, but I will tell you, there is nothing like that crowd when we played oh, yeah. game five in Williams Arena. The noise, it was, oh, that will, that will go down as probably one of the best atmospheres I feel like I've played Agreed. in. I was there with my daughter. It was my birthday, and I don't think you got me anything that year. Oh, um, it's in the mail. We were in the second level, that upper deck, but in that front row, and it was there were times when, you know, when noise becomes so loud, it just kind of becomes this one mm -hmm. light white noise. That's what it was. I can't imagine on the court being part of that. And it was a close game and it was a good game and it was against the Sparks and it had everything. So I'll never forget it. <laughs> I didn't even play in it. You were the, and you know what? There was so much emotion. And that's the, the great thing about sports is that we played in the game. And we felt all of those emotions and we felt that energy. And you as a spectator watched the game and felt that same energy and those same emotions. And it wasn't like we were them and you were you. It was like we, we are, were. Yes. That's it. So, yes. that's, oh, man. One of the best experiences. You brought us in. You brought us all in. <laughs> what was the year that you all as a team and as a staff went out after the championship to Prince's oh, man. Paisley Park? That was 17. I think. That was, was it, or was it 15? Gosh, the, you, so they do many run championships together. To they do run together. Well, it had to have been 15. Because I don't think you went from Williams Arena. No, I think it was, it was you 15. went from Target Center. It was 15. Okay. What was that celebration like at Paisley Park? I've heard stories it, on the record. What was it like? It was amazing. First of all, just the fact that you're playing um, for a championship and you have Prince at your game. That's enough, right? Oh, my gosh. Prince cool. is here. He's wild. He cares. Look. He's in there. Look at him. 
in his little suite. It was, oh my gosh, it was great just to have that, um, to know that he cared enough about women's basketball that he was going to come to the game, right? He didn't mm-hmm. say that it's great and then sit home and watch it on the TV. No, he was at the game. So that within itself was, you could have, it could have stopped there. We would have been like, Prince was at our game. He was there, y'all. <laughs> um, but then afterwards to get the news that, hey, Prince invited you to the crib. He's going to put on a show. Invited us to the crib? Okay. <laughs> so to go there, I mean, there's so many things you remember because you just, you walk in, you hear somebody playing some music. Okay, they must be warming up for Prince. He'll come out and play a song later and let this DJ and stuff do the rest. You round the corner and no, Prince is there on his guitar, just jamming out. Oh my gosh, that night was it was it was like probably one of I don't know if there could have been a better championship mm-hmm. celebration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how do you top that? You can't oh you gosh. can't top it. And that's it. And then you guys just partied with Prince. Partied all night long. I mean, we did a little some electric slides on the stage. Tried to not to knock them over, <laughs> but we danced. Um, I mean, Jim blocked some people's view, but it's, <laughs> he deserved to be in the front. He earned it. <laughs> Um, but it, it was good. It was a great night. You'll never forget that, will you? Nope. No. It's so sad because you forget little things, and I hope that as, like, a team and as coaches we can continue to talk about it to remember because there were no phones, there were no photos, recordings, anything. Mm-hmm. So everything that we have is how did you experience it? Oh, okay, well, I remember this from my experience. So that's the way. I think that's something that will continue to keep us together as well. We have that same experience that it was just us. Yep. And there's no footage. It's just, what can we talk about to bring it back up again? That's really cool. Yeah. There's nothing else like that. No. Nope. There are no other experiences like that. That's, That's it. That's very cool. The 2017 championship would be your fifth. Well, the only woman in WNBA history with five championships, Rebecca Brunson. What was the hardest part of closing out this game when L.A. made things interesting? Oh, my God. final and at the time you don't know that how do you sort of in your mind what do you think of these you are the only WNBA player to have won five titles there's no other player in the league who's accomplished what you have you're sitting a few feet away from me this is it's fantastic it's amazing I'm in awe of that and for you that's your life you're like yeah I did that yeah how do you absorb that and appreciate that you don't brag about that you don't walk around with like look at my rings <laughs> blink blink nope. you could but you don't <laughs> what do you what do you do with that what does that mean oh uh, I think that you know it's something that I could be proud of because I feel like I worked really hard for it and it all really goes back to that first that first season uh with the Sacramento Monarchs and trying to figure out how am I going to play what can I do and then staying true to that uh, the championships are, are really, really nice. Don't get me wrong. They're amazing. But it's really about the journey and experience of what I was able to do with those other women mm-hmm. and those type mm-hmm. of bonds that we were able to create and then the satisfaction that we were able to bring to the cities and the fans that supported us so much. Um, but, you know, I, I, I really didn't think about it when I was playing. Again, in the moment, 
this is what we're doing. Okay, we did that last year. That's fine. It, that's over. Now we're here. Oh, we're doing mm-hmm. this. Oh, we went again. This is great. And you would celebrate and then you move on. And then it's just about that next step, that next moment. So when I was playing, I don't think that I really thought about it. But now, like, sitting back, like, okay, I was all right. I did a couple <laughs> things. You know, it was good. I could sleep at night. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so you have somewhere, you have five rings somewhere. Yeah. Without giving away... The location, location. are they on display? Are they ever on your hand all at once? No, all at once, just laying around in the house thinking about what's next. Um, Maybe Cheetos here. (laughs) No, Blame the rings, they ate the Cheetos. Um, They're they're just tucked away, really. Will you wear one sometimes for any If someone asks... Hey, I would like to see that. Could you wear one one day, or could you bring one? Then I'll I would bring one out. But really, they're they're pretty heavy, Marnie. They're not something you want to just sling around, you know. They're they're some some heavyweight jewelry pieces. I hope so. They're championship rings, and they kept getting bigger and bigger, bigger. and bigger and bigger. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully, uh, after the links win again, I can get one from the coach's side, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that one won't be. Even larger. Yeah, I heard the coaches' rings are really something. It's about the size of that sign. I think it's coming. (laughs) (laughs) Now that's a ring. (laughs) (sighs) PB. So now you are in the coaching ranks. Good afternoon, everyone. Great to see you all here. Thank you all for coming. Thanks for those who are in attendance here at Target Center and for all of you who are watching, on, streaming on Fox Sports North and on linksbasketball.com. My name is Marnie Gellner. I am the television play-by-play voice for the Lynx on Fox Sports North. That's Rebecca Brunson, and that is Cheryl Reeve. We are here, we are here this afternoon to mark a momentous occasion for this franchise as we honor someone who has won more championships than any other player in the history of the WNBA. She's got one more of these than what sit up here. Rebecca Brunson means everything to this Lynx organization and she will announce today that she is retiring from the WNBA. The Lynx are also thrilled to announce that they will be retiring her jersey number 32. And head coach and general manager Cheryl Reeve will be announcing that she is hiring Rebecca Brunson as an assistant coach on the Lynx staff. I'm employed. Assistant coach with the Minnesota Lynx. Was that your plan post-playing? You always knew it? No. No. No, no, no. That was not part of the plan. I had stepped, when I had stepped away from playing, then I just started uh, my small business. My wife and I, we started Sweet Trevi, and that is what I was doing at that point. Um, but it's the Lynx. I mean, how do you say no to the Lynx, right? How do you say no to Cheryl Reeve? <laughs> That too. That is, uh, I have not figured that out yet. Um, but you know, I, all, I I love this team. I love this organization. So, and I love what Cheryl was trying to do when she was trying to figure out how to impact not just this team but this league. 
with the influx of female coaches by hiring a female coaching staff so that she could start to prep those coaches for head coaching positions. So, I mean, that is such an admirable task and something that you have to support because you need that. You need more female coaches in this league, Mm -hmm. which is crazy to say because it is a female sports league. Um, But still, when you look at the positions up up top that you see, mostly men. Mm -hmm. Um, So in order to change that, there was there was nothing there was no doubt that it was something that I want to be a part of and I want to be a part of making sure that the legacy of this team of this organization continues to go in the direction that we all want to see it going you've had coaches your whole life that high school true. college WNBA overseas now you are one there have to be things that you just hated about some coaches and loved about some coaches yes. And now what are you, what are you? And when you look at a player, are you like, I know what she's thinking right now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's the good thing about being a player and then coming over and being a coach is that you can relate to everything that they're, oh, yeah. they're doing, everything that they're going through. You could tell the look on their face when their body's hurt, the look at their, and on their face when they're just tired of hearing you tell them what to do. Like all of those looks, all of those moods, all of the body language, you know it because you've been there. Um, and I think that allows you to approach them in a way that they will be receptive to, you know, and and you can't look at the coach and say, you haven't been here. Like when you can look at probably any male coach and say, you haven't been here, Mm -hmm. or you can go Mm -hmm. overseas and Mm -hmm. look at coaches who have just studied basketball, have never played basketball. And you can say, you have never been in this position. But when players look to the staff that we have, Katie Smith, Lynette Pearson, myself. Been there, been there, been there. Absolutely. Everything that you feel like you are going through right now, we have been there. So we understand. So if you're honest with us, then we're going to be able to give you the answer that you need or help you through whatever it is that you're Mm -hmm. going through. So I think that's something that makes the staff so very special. And I think that the players see that and they respect that and they enjoy going into a room and going into a situation where they're around like-minded people and the people that are, are leading the way have been where they are. Yeah, makes total sense. Makes total sense. You mentioned the business, yes. Sweet Truvi, and yeah. it's uh, essentially waffles, yes. a waffle truck. But you handed me a cookie earlier, so you branching out. I mean, feel free. We could pause this thing at any moment <laughs> if you want to eat that cookie. Um, yeah, we started as a, a Belgian waffle company because I played my first two years overseas in Belgium homesick, super gloomy, like I needed something that was gonna bring me comfort. And I really feel like that one euro street waffle brought me so much joy, (laughs) pounds and pounds of joy. That's where you found your joy, a waffle. (laughs) I did. But a Belgian waffle in Belgium? It's gotta be. Come on, I mean, yeah, so good. Um, so I said a long time ago that this is something that I wanted to share. It was something that I hadn't had when I was in the States. It was something I never experienced completely different from what I thought a waffle was. I was like, this is something that I want to bring home. And then it was, um, a way that my wife and I can get together and start a business and then take some steps towards whatever we wanted to do in the future. Mm -hmm. And you said we started branching out. Now we have vegan cookies, which are... Amazing, I shall say. I'll get back to you in about 20 minutes. (laughs) 
I've had your waffles. My favorite, I just don't like a lot of stuff. And you have, mm-hmm. I mean, options galore. Fruit and spreads and chocolate and I just, and the powdered sugar. Just the easy, yes. Because then I really taste the waffle. Yes, honestly. And your waffle is so good. It took so long for Bobby to convince me that we needed to put something on these waffles. I'm glad that she did. Because you would just have it plain. Oh my gosh, all the time. Mm. Um, That's the way that I prefer it. But to each know, their own. Absolutely. If do you want to top it with yeah. something, top it what with something. What do you want to do? Well, it's your waffle. It's your vessel. Your truck, this baby blue, high ceilinged, outfitted for a 6'2 <laughs> waffle maker, is one of the cutest things I've ever seen. The old bread truck yes. converted. How much fun have you had just tooling around in that thing, setting it up, selling your waffles? I love that. Um, the truck itself, is, it's a lot of work. But the fact that you get to take this 50s Ford step van out, the beautiful blue color, oh. and just, you know, sometimes I just want to take it out, roll through the city, you know, honk at a couple people. Meet me. I'm here. I, I love it. <laughs> Standing up, driving. You know, Graham wants to get in there and drive too, but we have to tell Ugh. him. Oh, oh, oh. You need a minute. You need a minute. Okay, well, let's talk about Graham. Yeah. So you and your wife, Bobby, married six Years ago. Just celebrated our sixth anniversary on the 30th, first. And you met her in Sacramento Mm -hmm. when you were playing with the Monarchs. So she's she's been a part of most of your WNBA career. Graham comes along um, September 29th, 2018. And your world went whoop. Rocked. My world is no longer my world. It is his world. Oh, my goodness. You're living in Graham's world now. Oh, God. You know what? It's beautiful to see him grow, but it makes me so sad. Like, I'm the person that's like, no, he's changing. Stay little. (laughs) Stay small. It's like a little bit of loss. Of course, all parents say, Mm -hmm, you're mm going to love that phase that he gets to, and it'll be great. I'm like, I missed that phase when he was like this little tiny being. Yes. Now he's starting to buy mommy. When he gets dropped off at school, don't like it. I don't like it at all. Cry when I leave. <laughs> at the door, with your face planted, on the window. That's how I like to leave you. <laughs> Bye, Mom. Oh, we're there. Okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Cry when I leave. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, that's funny. Uh-uh. Um, <clears throat> I remember having a conversation with you when Graham was lit like little little and you hadn't even started with like the toys yet mm-hmm. and you had said to me uh, because i have two kids and we were just talking about and you were like i am not gonna have that house where you got toys from one end to the other because the kid is out there playing and you were like we're gonna have three toys and we're gonna put them out and we're gonna put them right there and see graham you may play with these three toys now and when you're ready we will get you three other toys pick one yeah how, how'd that go you know it's still it it we try okay. very very hard for I think that it I think he feels better. He feels like better when there's not as much stuff. Okay. Like he's the uh oh, this is out of place, kid. I'm gonna put it back. Um oh, so wow. if we let him go too crazy, I think he gets overwhelmed. So we have like his bins of toys. He has a lot of toys. Not our fault. People always buy him yes. toys. Stop it. Birthdays, Christmas, it happens. Yes. Yep. So we try to put his toys away and take out several, like take out a separate bin. He'll play, he can play with that bin. He can okay. play with that stuff. If you want something else, you put that stuff back. 
So it, it, it's going. There are moments of chaos, but I think we're doing all right. Yeah. Well, you're a lot closer to that than I thought you were going to be. You told me when you first laid up. it out, I was like, no, okay, <laughs> call me in six months. Right. There's stuff everywhere. But you're really? you're pretty close to that. We're holding on. Um, to wrap up just the basketball portion of this, this game has never defined you. Your accomplishments your successes, your five championships, that's a big part of you, but it's never been, that's who you are. And some people can get lost in that. Mm -hmm. It can define them, their careers, and they, they're lost without it, without the game. And you're still in it as a coach, but it's different. But you have your family, mm -hmm. you have your friends, you have your waffles. You have a real life. Was it ever a question? that this game would not be what defines you, BB, the person? I think that I've always tried to hold on to the fact that basketball is what I do, not who I am. Yes. Because if you get so wrapped up in whatever it is that you're doing that that becomes who you are as a person, then as that goes down, you go down. As it goes up, you're up. So, you know, we talk about winning, but it wasn't every year we didn't win or every day wasn't you weren't at the top of your game. So you would deal with, I feel like, a lot of emotional stress um, that comes with that. I think that mm -hmm. I always say that that's with life in general. Whatever you do, whatever that is, that's what you do. But you are not that, and you cannot approach life that way. So I loved playing basketball. I loved being a part of the team. I loved everything that came with it. Like, I loved it. But at the end of the day, that was just what I did. So, yes, being a daughter and a sister and a wife and a parent, that's who I am. Mm -hmm. So I just try to hold on to that, and I feel like that gives me a little bit of balance. <laughs> so silly. It's so good, though. It's so healthy. It's so good so. and well-rounded. You are going to be 40 years old on December 11th. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about 40? Mm -hmm. Ooh, it feels like my back just tightened up. <laughs> Um, again, you know, I just, I said this to a friend the other day and they were like, look, I'm 45 and I am having the best time of my life. So as long as I know people that are over 40 that are still having the best time of their life, yeah. then I'm like, okay, I could be a little bit optimistic about that. But what can you do? You can't stop it. You know, and yeah. if you do, not how you want it to go. Yeah. So, you know, you just have to embrace it, embrace every part of, mm -hmm. of life and the challenges and don't. No, don't look at it too much. Don't look at that license too much. You know? But also, if you're turning 40, it means you're still living. That's fine. And exactly. then you want to turn 50. And you want to turn 60. And you want to no, turn Don't count too high. But, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. <clears throat> I don't know if you know this, but last night, your wife, Bobby, and I did a little texting. Oh. I just was looking for some insight from her because I can Google your name and I can find so much information on the basketball player, the coach, the article you did, the interview you gave, all mm -hmm. those things. But what I wanted from Bobby, I said, can you just give me a, a couple of things that I will really scared. show the personality, the person, the everyday woman that we love and just give us some insight. And here's, here's what I got. Oh my, what? Here's what I got from Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, she gave you that. Oh yeah. A whole page. Oh, she was like, man. "Give me a let minute. Me, Give let me, me a tell minute. you some things." I just want to. I just want to run a couple of these things 
by you because <laughs> a for my own amusement oh, God. but also because i feel like we we will learn more about you okay first of all um there are things called brundalisms oh my gosh no how is that all brundalisms? No. These are your quirky, oh weird things, right? That's the kind that of the definition of it. Brundalism. Just things you do. Yes. Okay. Uh, Rebecca <laughs> is constantly singing in the car. True. <laughs> Very true. true. If you've seen the movie Identity Thief with Melissa McCarthy, oh. <laughs> Melissa McCarthy in the scene they're in the car, she sings everything that is BB. That is accurate. Is that accurate? It is very accurate. Yes. I embrace it, though. Whatever's on the radio, I'm good with that. It doesn't matter the genre. If I know the words, I'm singing it. Okay. And humming, if I don't know the words. So that's probably up. even more annoying. It's probably loud? Very. Okay. Do you dance just like your mom? Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird character trait. Oh, To it, dance it, like it your mom? the oddest thing. And I think it's getting worse. You know, it, it, first it was like, I would never, never dance like that. How does she dance? Oh, How do you gosh, dance? Oh, gosh, you wish. Nope, not even a chance. <laughs> I mean, just describe it. Like a it like is... a Elaine Seinfeld dance or like this? Not that oh. far. Just a little herky-jerky? Take that back. Oh, man. Oh, gosh. Okay, we'll move on. Um, you are a very good writer, according to Bobby, a deep thinker. And talk about how you would like to write a fiction book one day and a few children's books. Yes. You may write. That's very true. I do enjoy writing a lot. Do you have um, a plot in your head that you're I have some things that I've thrown around. But I do really want to make a, a children's book, especially with Graham. Yes. Um, I want to make one for he'll be my test dummy. So I'll probably write something and see how much he gravitates to, to it. Does he pick it over other books? Mm. If so to win okay well you lay out three books and you just these are the three to choose from yeah he'll probably like pick the choice yes yes just those three but he'll probably pick salt in my shoes every night the oh, michael really? jordan book mm -hmm. sure yeah every That's night how he grew shoes mm -hmm. shoes Sh every night okay well, i don't want to read that book anymore then you better write one <laughs> are you a real introvert yes You'll come home sometimes after work and not say anything for hours. Yes, I am truly introverted. It takes a lot to to be very, very interactive, um, to talk, to, it, it, there's like a window on it. You know, you go into the crowded room full of energy. I'll give you an hour. And that's okay. all I have in its tank. It's done. <laughs> and then, is this okay for you? Yeah, it's, it's all right. You're about ready to wrap it up, aren't you? <laughs> I'm, I'm almost to the halfway point of Bobby's notes, so we get in there. Uh, Bobby said, oh she is the most unathletic person I know. She is a great basketball player, but don't pick her on your team for anything else. It's so awful. That's but terrible. She does feel that way. True? She feels that. I don't feel like I'm that unathletic. I feel like I'm pretty good. I'm balanced. You can't okay. always get greatness. And I think that's what she expects. You know, she wants greatness all the time. I'm you, not great at bowling. I'm not great you, at golf. But you're good. You're I average. have hit a golf ball before. Okay. <laughs> we'll move on. She's a vegan and vegetarian for ethical reasons, but is also deathly allergic to any and all animals, aside from turtles and fish. Yes. Very true. I love animals. I think that they all have their own spirits and you should treat them accordingly, but do not bring them near me. Then we're good. 
in the form of food. Or or, or live ones. Animal. No, you yes, have, oh, please, you, no. Okay, you are deathly af- dogs, allergic. cats, oh. Oh, goats, yeah. cows, pigs. How do you find out you're not allergic to turtles? I've never had a reaction to a turtle. And they don't have any fur or dander, so. Okay, so turtles and fish. Do you have yeah. a turtle or a fish? Oh, thank you. I'm okay. Good. I'll call Bobby when we're done here. <laughs> she, she believes that there is no right way to put the toilet paper roll on, even though everyone knows the paper should go over, not Absolutely under. Absolutely not. Are you that person? Please do not. I'm just reading the. Is there a right or wrong way to put toilet it's over. paper on? It overs no the right way. way. If there is toilet paper on that roll, you be a happy person. Right? Have no you ever run out direction. of toilet paper? Yeah. It ain't. The fear, the anxiety <laughs> that that brings, yeah. it's on there. You're good. Okay. Uh, she is an old-fashioned enthusiast and drinks 64 gallons of coffee a day. Yes, very true. This is my first water okay. of the week. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's Thursday, by the way. <laughs> you oh, might I know. want to hydrate. My toes are cramping. <laughs> she hates snakes. Yes, Absolutely. Oh, me too. Um, regardless of what it is, she's not afraid to do or try anything. Work, play. She's fearless. Yep. Just go. She's known for finishing something and putting it back, like in the cabinet, instead of throwing it away. She'll finish the rest of the <laughs> almonds and put the jar back into the cabinet. Or she'll save the tiniest bit of something just so she doesn't have to throw it away. Like oh, coffee that creamer. Made me cramp up. I don't, I don't save it so I don't throw it away. I save it because I don't want to eat the last of it. So you're welcome, Bobby, for those three almonds. She loves vampire movies. Lost Boys is her jam. Underworld, Vampire Diaries. She doesn't discriminate. She loves them all. Yep, it doesn't matter how bad it is. It doesn't matter who's in it. If it's black and white, silent, Nosferatu, I've watched that, whatever oh it is. Even the worse, the better? Kind of. Um, you, you own a waffle business. It says here, she likes pancakes more than waffles. More than regular okay, waffles. Not sweet, true vibe. Not sweet, not a Liege waffle. Liege waffle, top. Okay. Then pancakes and then whatever American waffle it waffle. is that you yeah. may eat in the morning. American waffle. Yes. Okay. Even if it huh. says Belgian in the front. Still American. Thank you, Bobby. <laughs> that was good stuff. Wasn't that good stuff? she's ridiculous oh my gosh <laughs> here you can keep this you can keep that Early take it right home with you <laughs> Burn it. well this was so much fun I have always appreciated you as the basketball player and then as I got to know you more as the person I was like this is one of the best you are just a grounded caring giving welcoming person and you should should know how much you are appreciated well, I appreciate thank it. you I appreciate it. you're awesome you're awesome. I'm sorry, we can do I'm this sorry. all the time. You are awesome. <laughs> Make sure you got that, everybody. Yeah, okay. Marnie's amazing. Hey, any day I can chat with you is a good day. So thank you, introvert, for yes. giving us this time today. Thank you. This has been great. I'm glad you think so. <laughs>